It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. This is, once again, Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWAM Radio, 770 God Country, Texas, always in that order. And I'm sitting with our Dallas elder law attorney, Michael R. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Now, Don, you did it again. <laughs> He's getting Oops, you did it again. I can't help myself. It's a weekly thing. It's an itch I have to scratch. So I have to give you a middle initial whenever we have the program. I'm sorry. Yeah, but my middle initial is B, as okay. you well know. And as I always say, it's as a, as a B is in beautiful because because yes. I definitely have that beautiful. radio face. Yes. And, well, yes, I see you agree YouTube. with me without that radio I face. I see you on Facebook. They can decide themselves if they want. <laughs> <laughs> what my As you know, my middle initial is B and not uh-huh. R. So what is the R coming for? Where are you coming up with this concoction? This week, this concoction, that's a great word. This week, the R stands for realities, because that's what you are all about with your life and your career and your commitment to doing what's right. And I guess the R could also stand for right. But the realities are that you present them to all of your clients at your workshops. You've been doing hundreds of those and your vision meetings and other, explaining to them really what those realities are and what they're going to have to face when they're alive, what, and when they, after they've passed away, what their heirs are going to face, and what they foresee, and what they don't foresee. That's what you do, basically, and you talk about how to ensure all of those situations so everyone has control and they can make the right decisions. So I think the R is for reality, all kidding aside, and we've got a story that's very humbling, but it's a, a realistic one that you want to present to the audience, which is about one of your clients, or lots of your clients, I think yeah, you said. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, what, if you ask me what the definition of estate planning is, is to, to um, protect, you know, to do things the way you want. You're in control of your assets during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the, you know, mm-hmm. what, what the studies show is that if you uh, are in control, your health is likely to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, be in control of your assets during a lifetime to protect you, not only if you sh- what happens when you die, but if you should become disabled, uh, and to make sure that your loved ones get their assets without any necessary delay or uh, cost or expense, uh, and as easy to get to them as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you've protected not only yourself, but them. Mm-hmm. And we talked uh, before the show about control and the fact that we were talking about divorce, unfortunately, which a lot of times is out of your control or you're spearheading it, but things happen and people get divorced. And when they get divorced, uh, they need to then make changes perhaps in their estate plans. They want to maintain that control. But then 
they get remarried. Then what happens? And that's what the theme of this program is today. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different things that could happen. I know I I had uh, a client that I think they were on their third marriage, Mm -hmm. and um, I was going through their um, asset information, and they'd give me their copy of their life insurance policy. Uh, And I was looking at the beneficiary designation, and I said, who is so-and-so? And his eyes got the biggest saucers, and he said, why do you ask about my first wife from 25 years ago? How about that? Yeah, I said, well, she's the beneficiary of your life insurance. What? <laughs> the ag- reaction was quite, um, as you could imagine, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't want her to get anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, obviously that's there's lots of th- different things. It's not just your will. Mm-hmm. You have to look at beneficiary designations and, and planning as to whatever it is. It could be, uh, when I say beneficiary designations, people have IRAs, uh, people have uh, annuities, uh, sometimes bank accounts, all sorts of different things. And sometimes people get confused by what their will says and think uh, that a will might supersede a what your contract is, but it's actually the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you have a life insurance policy, the contract supersedes the will. If my if that person's will said all to my present wife, but the contract says it goes to somebody else, mm-hmm. that other person would stand to take. Got it. So, so we have to look at the different things. Now, you might, some people might say, "Oh, gee, I'll just have beneficiary designations on everything," which it would pass outside of probate. But then we have to consider the bad things. What if that person dies? Remember, we talked about on a show uh, sometime last year. Uh, it was right around this time last year where the client had an IRA and they refused to name a secondary beneficiary. And on September, the the, the wife says, uh, "You know, I am going to die before you, so I am not going to have a secondary beneficiary." Well, she was about her husband died last year on September twenty first. That's why I said about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, before she could do anything, she died on September 25th. I remember that story. Yeah, and then the brother died on September 26th. Oh my goodness! So what happened was they had to they they had everything in a trust, <coughs> with the exception you don't usually put IRAs in a trust. They didn't have a secondary beneficiary, so the um, they had to probate the will to transfer the assets in the IRA. Uh, so we have to think about even secondary beneficiaries on any of anything that we might have as well because sometimes bad things happen to the beneficiary. Sure. And that means not only death, but they could be disabled. It could be they have a credit issue. It could be that they have a marital problem. It could be that they're disabled. I mean, any any number of things. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we have to think about those things, and people just – that's not something – they just look at things the way they are today right. and not think about. So when you say contracts, you, you mean someone's life insurance, basically. Well, a life insurance uh, uh, contra- is a contract, a policy, uh-huh. just like an annuity uh-huh. is a contract. You uh-huh. have a beneficiary designation. Okay. Uh, an IRA, you have a uh, – now, under state law, by the way, you might find of interest – because I had a question on this just last night by email. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife had been separated from her husband for 15 years. Oh, boy. Under Texas law, you have to name the spouse as the beneficiary unless they consent. They have to put something in writing. 
So there were some questions about that because some people wanted to get some changes to the IRA beneficiary as the husband's uh, health was declining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so the wife is the one that contacted me, wanted to make sure that she's still the beneficiary. Okay. <laughs> so the contract supersedes the will. Remember, we also talked about uh, a few months ago, we talked about the uh, Internal Revenue Code and the mm-hmm. private letter ruling and mm-hmm. some of the other issues that happens mm-hmm. on um, – uh, if if they weren't named as the beneficiary, especially when they have second marriages, this becomes an issue. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I just want to decry the fact that they're, we're all human and we all make mistakes and we miss things and we don't realize certain things. I mean, this this client of yours, when you told him who's this who's this BD, the beneficiary designation, and that was his wife of twenty five years ago, and he screamed out, "What?" If he had known that, of course, that wouldn't be there. But he didn't because he missed it. He was negligent. He just assumed. And that's one of the other things we do. We assume. We read something online. We we go to LegalZoom or some website that we think is the anecdote to all of my problems. And then reality sets in. Yeah, I mean, because let's take it this way. Most people think, oh, well, my will says how everything goes. So let's say he did a new will. All to my second wife. Okay. Or my children or whoever. Mm Mm-hmm. He thinks he's okay. Right. But what did we just say? Beneficiary designations trump a will. That's the word. That's perfect. And Mm -hmm. so so when you talk about an estate plan, it's not just a will. It's not just a power of attorney. Mm -hmm. It's not just a trust. Mm -hmm. It's not just a medical power of attorney. It's not just a living will. It's not just a HIPAA authorization to have access to medical records. It's not just who do we want to declare as a guardian if we should need a competence to later need. It's not – well, we could go on. Obviously, there's lots of different types of documents that some people might not have. Those are pretty Mm -hmm. basic ones. Mm -hmm. But so we have to think about – let's look at the assets. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the beneficiary designations. Have you done it? You know, the most common thing, even – even if somebody has a trust, what's the most common mistake? That people fail to fund the trust. What does that mean? They fail to put the assets in the trust. If it's not in the box, the trust, you have to do what how – how do they get there? My understanding is you have to rename it. One That's right. Retitle it. Okay. So if you had a checking account mm-hmm. and, let's say, and you ha- let's say you had a revocable trust, a trust that you could always revoke, okay. um, and let's say you just had a bank account. And it's in your individual name. Mm-hmm. And you had no beneficiary designation. Mm-hmm. If you didn't retitle it in the name of the trust, you would have to, if you had a will, you'd have to probate the will to say that the will, uh, the will usually says it goes into the trust. It's this is kind of like what the Jeffrey Epstein situation is. Remember his situation we mm-hmm. talked about last month right after uh, he had you know, done a will two days uh, before he killed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about his will uh, that's on – we have a podcast on that show mm-hmm. uh, from in August. Right. Uh, so we had uh, – we said, okay, um, if you have a – he had a what we call a poor over will. It says all my assets go to my trust. Now, he did that maybe for nefarious reasons. Mm-hmm. But here, typically when you have a trust, you always have a – Pour over will. That means P-O-U-R, it pours into the trust. Because if you forgot to do something, it could be that you just inherited some mineral rights in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. 
and you just didn't expect it because it was that long-lost uncle. You didn't realize it didn't have any relatives, and now all of a sudden you're a beneficiary, Mm -hmm. and you didn't even know about it because it wasn't producing. And now all of a sudden there's the new fracking of the world, Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it's productive. And you say, oh, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And now it didn't put the – I didn't deed that mineral rights Mm -hmm. into the trust. Which means you didn't rename it. So how is a bank or a judge or a jury or lawyers or a courtroom supposed to know? Right, right. And so the biggest mistake that people make when you have a trust is failing to retitle the name of the asset into the trust. So you always have, if you have a trust, generally you have a poor over will, mm-hmm. a poor over will, where it says, if I forgot something, it goes this way. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to probate. What is probate? The court's saying that the will is good. So just because you have a will doesn't mean it's automatic. How does the world know that the will was good? The court has to say it's good. Mm -hmm. And so then it could go. So on Jeffrey Epstein's case, if the will is good, then it goes to his trust. See how complicated this stuff is? I I sound like a grandfather talking to my grandchildren, and I'm wagging my finger at you, and don't you dare do this. But I'm sort of doing that respectfully and saying, don't allow this to happen and attend Michael's next workshop, which is on Thursday, October the 17th. Um, it is a workshop that is extremely helpful for anyone who owns anything, really, um, of value to them or of value to someone who would um, inherit that property or that asset. And, Michael, why do you do these workshops in the first place? I don't think I've ever asked you that. It's for education. Uh-huh. Um, the, the whole idea is, you know, at this point— I've been practicing for a long time. I, I tell people I'm an elder elder law attorney mm-hmm. because I've, I've actually been practicing elder law more than longer than anyone in Dallas. Is that right? I didn't uh-huh. know that. Yeah, well, you can tell by looking at me. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> uh, and so, the, you know, I think it's important for people. Most people don't uh, know what the laws might be or right. how it could affect them. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's a good thing. I mean, you know, we give people the education. We give them two free hours. Now, we do give a free vision meeting also uh, if they want to go forward. Um, it's free also, mm-hmm. no obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody does it, come to client, that's great, mm-hmm. that's wonderful, but this is certainly no obligation on mm-hmm. these things. So we have two free hours of People just want to know mm-hmm. whatever it is that's important to them mm-hmm. about estate planning or public benefits planning uh, to help pay for whatever it is, whether it's long-term care or keep on getting benefits if you're disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and and we just – it's an educational process. And we you feel do like. that because you've been blessed and you want to bless others. Yeah, I, I, that's the way I feel at this point because, mm-hmm. um, you know, quite frankly, I, with all the – I don't want to sound uh, – I, I really don't. I don't really need to work anymore anymore. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, But I do it because I like what I do. Mm -hmm. When you do, I feel like, and this is on any occupation, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really think of it as an occupation. Yeah, exactly. I I do, I I like what I do, and Mm -hmm. so it becomes more of a hobby. Mm -hmm. I like doing this show. It's Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. You know, and so um, we do it because we like it. And when you do it like, when you do something you like, it becomes just a fun thing, and mm-hmm. it's really – and if you could help others, then uh, I don't know. I, I like rewarding. that. Nothing more rewarding than giving yeah. and, yeah. and helping yeah. others. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree yeah. more. And those workshops do that for the two hours where everyone gets to ask questions about their individual, circum- individual circumstances, and you answer them as expert as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, mm-hmm. usually we could answer every question, and um, um, uh, in fact uh, – 
there was one time that we didn't there was one time somebody told me about a program that I was not aware of but that's in 7 years that was the only I told the lady uh, after the workshop uh-huh. I said that is the first time I've been asked a question wow. that, that I didn't know about a particular program. That's great. Yeah. So, But anyway, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that um, usually we can answer your questions. Sure. And we ask people what they want to know about estate planning. Of course, if they asked about a different area of law, uh, if they were asked about criminal law, I, would, I wouldn't tell them to go to KWM. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, but we ask, ask the questions, and they ask the questions. We try to answer it in those two hours. And if they want to get more specific, then we go to having a free vision meeting, which is also so uh, something, like we said, that is simply free. And if you want to go to the free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, as we always tell people, we get the you get the free KWM coffee always. mugs and chip clips and pins. Exactly. Who can ask for anything more? Exactly. We just run through those things like water. Exactly, and you can. And there's even water. Speaking of yeah. At, yeah. At the events, which is very kind, Michael. We got about ten minutes left, and we haven't told the full, full story about the second marriage. Oh, okay. So in this case. Um, the person, the the wife had assets from her prior marriage okay. or inheritance or whatever. It doesn't really matter. And she wanted to protect the assets. Her husband didn't have long-term care and didn't have any assets. He was the one that didn't have anything. And so the same thing could be applicable if it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wanted to protect her assets because, you see, as a spouse, they don't look at, you know, even if there's a pre- or post-nuptial agreement, Medicaid's based on federal law. And so uh, so they look at the assets of both the husband and the wife. Okay. And so now all of a sudden, all of her, whatever assets they may be, whether it's big or small, were subject to paying for her husband's care costs. And she said, you know what? You know, this is a second marriage here. Yeah. And uh, I shouldn't say it that way, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't want all my money. I need to live off that money for the rest of my life. Sure. And I really don't want to pay for the fact that my husband, um, you know, could live for 13 years and eat up all the assets that I may need sure. to live uh, my own life. Or perhaps will for, it to other individuals yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to protect my assets not only for myself but for my family. Okay. I have these two children from the prior marriage, and I really don't want it to all go for my husband's care cost. That, okay. Um, and so what can you do? Well, so we talk in this particular situation, we create a certain type of trust. There's all sorts of different types of trust. We trade, So for Medicaid, there's a five-year look-back period. So this, her husband had the beginning of dementia, uh, and so we knew that, and he didn't have, you know, adequate assets. So we put her assets in a trust, a trust that subject to a look-back period, uh, would not count as an asset. Now, we designed the trust in a way that for IRS purposes, it was still hers. So the same tax advantages that you would have right now as an individual, uh, being taxed at your individual rate versus a an irrevocable trust tax rate, which mm-hmm. is the highest rate, 37%. Mm-hmm. Uh, the advantages of uh, step-up in basis, uh, uh, being part of your state, whatever, uh, all would be tax neutral, and it would not. But for Medicaid, it wouldn't count as an asset. 
So you have a kind of a hybrid trust. All my money is protected and doesn't have to be spent down or used for the husband's care, and I have protected those assets for myself. This is typically in a well, it doesn't have to be a second marriage, but it could be, it could be in any situation. Uh, a lot of times, if you're married, there's it's a little. You know, of course, every situation's different. It depends on the individual, and again, you have to see what the client's goals are. Um, a lot sometimes you can get eligibility immediately without having to do that, uh, depending upon what your income is. Uh, or what your assets are, mm-hmm. or you could change the nature of the assets. And so a lot of times that wouldn't be necessary. In this case, she didn't want to have to rely upon that. Uh, it could have been that uh, a lot of times you could do other types of planning. If you wanted to protect your assets, if she died first, that, to protect them for her spouse, she could have a, a trust within her will. So typically, instead of having an I love you will, which says everything to each other, Medicaid is means tested. So instead of it going to husband in a uh, outright, it would go in a trust that doesn't count for Medicaid. So everybody's situation is different. That's if she had died first. And if she uh, were okay, then depending on her assets, we could generally change the nature of the assets. Or you may not even have to if your income is low enough. It gets into a lot of complications. Uh, but in her case, we created a certain type of trust that for tax purposes was still hers, but for Medicaid purposes it was not. And so the planning is different and everybody's situation is different. And the only way you do that is you have an basically an x-ray. You have to look at what the uh, what the assets are, what the income is, what the estate planning documents are. Is there any kind of long-term care insurance? If so, how much does it cover? Uh, you have to look at a lot of different things. And so that's part of the – that's why when we have these vision meetings after we have the workshops is to see what your individual situation is so we could do the x-ray. Uh, of course, to go to the vision meeting, you have to first go to the workshop. Yes. To do the workshop, all you have to do is call that 214 214- Seven two zero zero one zero two number, or again that's two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, or sign up online at dallaselderlawyer.com. dot com. Um, we do encourage you if you're interested in going um, to do that uh, at your earliest convenience because we do um, often fill up those workshops. Yes, and they've been very popular, very helpful. They're free. They're two hours. Michael is, is speaking of free freeway close. He's right off of 635 and 75. Um, what's the exit there that they would take? Well, I guess it depends if you're going on LBJ or if you're going on uh, Central Expressway. Okay. If it's Central Expressway, it's Forest. Okay. If it's uh, LBJ, it's either Coit or Park Central. Coit or Park Central. Okay. And as Michael said, the way to sign up for that is to dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. And I don't know if you would find this on Michael's website, but um, innumerable times, what is it, four or five times now, you've been voted the top 10 lawyer blogs or attorney blogs in the whole state of Texas. Is that correct? Yeah. uh, I mean, that's that's correct. Uh, We've had uh, probably, uh, I think probably about 13 times now that we've had the top. We we write articles. uh, I do a monthly newsletter. And so usually I'll write five or six articles a month. And um, most, well, a lot of times they write 
we get a recognition. Now, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other things I feel actually more proud of than that, but right. that's. But I feel thank you for mentioning that. But sure. yeah, so we a lot of times we see what's kind of usually we'll uh, write a success story of the month, mm-hmm. or we'll write about something that's current, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, uh, something that you know we've talked about in prior shows about oh. Uh, somebody who was something famous and what they did in their will or yeah, their trust, or it could be something that's a an actual situation that a client might have had that we thought might have been not without naming names, of yeah. course, that would be a factual situation to understand how what the problems are and then how you get around the problems to solve things. So you could kind of kind of go into the kind of get into a different world, mm-hmm. the estate planning attorney's world, as opposed to the world that we think of, which is we think of things all being the same as it is right now. Mm-hmm. The the state planning or elder law attorney thinks about the bad things that could happen and how do you plan for that, mm-hmm. whereas most people think of things that are going to be identical as the way they are right now. Right. And that's just not generally the way things happen. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I was going to use the word, uh, we don't, this is not a textbook um, approach to it. And textbook almost now has a negative connotation to it because nothing's textbook. It's just a f- fast moving society with rules and laws and relationships and everything always changing so quickly that this is the farthest thing from it. What you provide is, is very current and very in depth um, so that people can make decisions that day, not information that was created 20 or 30 years ago. So, yeah, no, we yeah. try to stay, um, and usually those articles, that's why we write a lot of those articles are something uh, current. So, uh, uh, you know, I can, when after Jeffrey Epstein died, we did an article mm-hmm. about his will and mm-hmm. things like that, or we had it when the French Elvis died about the uh, DNA, uh, I mean the fact that he was spent more time in France than he did in California, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Elizabeth Hurley one was the one where we had the DNA that we talked about and that uh, her son was entitled to a uh, share of the grandfather's estate, even sure. though his child was illegitimate. And it didn't, I mean, so we talked about different things. So we talked about things that really just happened, or other times we just say uh, things that just happened that we've seen right. that in our practice that we say, okay, here's what a problem is. Or it could have been something, uh, something that's just changed. We talked a couple weeks ago about the Uniform Act, about that there might be uh, electronic wills in the future. Right. And so this is something that was just happened in July. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote in our August newsletter, all right, this is what happened in the July, and now uh, this may be what we see that will happen in the future. So you'll know. It's just like uh, anything now. Things have changed uh, as times go by. Uh, not only, uh, you know, like even on powers of attorney and things like that, we used to have uh, that those might change because there's digital assets. Do you plan for digital assets in your power of attorney if you're disabled or if you die? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we didn't think about that uh, several years back. Mm-hmm. And now that's part of reality that people have online accounts. Yep. And, and now and we so- have no choice. Uh, sign up for Michael's uh, newsletter. It's very informative. And I think you'll really appreciate it. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. When we declare doing it your way, as Christians, such is actually and should always be God's way. It's imperative that our planning includes implementing indisputable biblical principles, such as leaving a financial gift for your church from your estate, 
Not doing so would certainly be considered poor stewardship, which no believer wants to be held accountable for. So call Michael Cohen's office to sign up for the next Essential Estate Planning Workshop to ensure your estate is in complete Christian accordance today. Dial 214-720-0102. 214-720-0102. And be certain to listen to Michael Cohen right here on 770 KAAM.